Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's with us in studio today and we are taking a look at a very serious topic about whether online shopping apps are unintentionally facilitating underage drinking and whether they're doing enough to make sure that doesn't happen. Wendy's done a lot of research for today's show. We're also going to find out how those different apps tackle the issue and I would like to invite you to join the conversation, particularly if you've had personal experience of this challenge. Are you aware of teenagers abusing the online platforms? Have you had your kids go to a party where they've told you that the booze was delivered by a shopping um, a motorcycle outside? Or have you witnessed that happening yourself? Uh, if you have, I'd love to hear your experiences with this. 0214460567 or you can send a voice note to 0725671567. Equally, I'm hoping we might have the caller who says, mine tried it and didn't get away with it because the systems worked. Maybe that listener's out there as well. You're welcome to join the conversation. Uh, We'll also make space for a look at an interesting ruling from the Advertising Regulatory Board and then some open line questions. Uh, So let's start with the underage drinking issue. Wendy, I mean, no denying online shopping has been a very welcome phenomenon for all of us, but flagging here a side effect that isn't all too happy. Well, yes, and I must say my kids are in their 20s now, so this has not really occurred to me. But um, so I... Got an email. Um, no, I didn't get an email. I was um, told about, someone took a screenshot of a Facebook post that was made by a life coach and mother of two teenage girls. She's asked to remain anonymous today because she's a bit, she got her, some of her information from her daughter, one of her daughters, and she doesn't want them to, to be, be implicated. Yes, okay, fair enough. To be victimized for, you know, yeah. talking about this to grown ups. Um, and she said, uh, I love the new apps, Checkers, Pick and Pay, Woolworths. They have certainly changed my world and make life that much easier. I've ordered alcohol off these apps too, which got me thinking, what kind of control is there when someone under 18 orders alcohol? Just to stop you, I mean, I presume it would be someone who has normally has free access to their parents' The apps Ooh, on the parents' yeah, phone, yes. you know, you get to a certain age, just order whatever. We're going out I, to I wouldn't imagine, a, yes, yeah, exactly, or, yeah. that kind of thing, mm. right. Um, other than a no under 18 logo next to each image, is there any mention of age or, uh, sorry, there's no mention of age, proof of ID, etc. I've heard that this is how some under 18s are ordering alcohol. I was told by one retailer that it's the delivery guy's responsibility to ask for ID Passing the buck, I think, she said. It frightens the life out of me that this kind of access to alcohol is so easy. Let's just say I've seen and heard how this happens. I would like to know what the retailers are doing about it. So, yeah, I, I without implicating anybody else directly, I have heard of it happening, Wendy, um, at uh, in higher grades than my children are in. I have heard of this happening, of parties being fueled by... Literally, the, the, the yes. motorbike outside delivering. And, oh, I'm taking delivery of this for my dad. Yes, is usually okay. the excuse that's given, and, and it wasn't intended for dad. And yeah. it wasn't. In, uh, they they weren't um, interrogated around that. Asked for ID. So yeah, okay. Um, All right. Am I well, asking too many there, questions? Let's dive okay. into this, okay? Because <laughs> let's talk about how the system is meant to work before we talk about how they're obviously getting around it or trying to get around it. I know that the person who posted this query had a lot of inqu- uh, responses, but Wendy, you've done some pretty extensive research too. So we've collected. Um, the sort of policy responses from the major shopping apps. apps. And Wendy, you spoke to a few others as well. I did. Just uh, I widened the net to Macro and Norman Goodfellows, okay. um, both of whom also, well, Norman Goodfellows specializes in, in alcohol and Macro obviously has a, 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 does a big alcohol sales and they, they do it online as well. 
So um, all of them um, assured me that they took this issue very seriously and they have some checks to in, balance, in place to to um, to make sure that they're not selling to under-18s, which, of course, is illegal in terms yeah. of the Liquor Act. Um, but some, it was quite interesting for me. Some go further than others. Some responses um, indicated um, that, oh, gosh, that, they're realizing, you know, December's coming up. We need to start. They're realizing they, they, they possibly need to do a little bit more. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was a very interesting exercise. So let's let's go through okay. them. Uh, okay. Checkers sixty sixty is the one I use all the time. It's a really effective service, Wendy. And um, what do they do about? I've never ordered alcohol for this. No, no, yeah. I've used them though, and I think it's safe to say, um, if you spend a lot of time on on social media, you'll see they certainly have the public vote. Yeah. Um, they setting the bar very high, Absolutely. and they're consistently delivering very well. Um, you know, Sometimes overall, yeah. overall, there's always the, the odd problem, but you know, very quickly and successfully. So, so the Shoprite Group um, responding about its che- uh, Checker Sixty Sixty um, app say, when buying and taking delivery of liquor products through the Checker Sixty Sixty app, the process is treated the same as transacting via a cashier in store. The driver requests formal identification of anyone considered to be younger than eighteen, just as a cashier would do. The Liquor Licensing Act makes an offence. We've said that. Um, our drivers are trained to not hand over alcohol to minors, to verify a customer's age if it's in doubt, and are reminded via a prompt on their delivery device, which I think That's is interesting. Good. Okay. Yes. So yep. there's a reminder um, each time. The app is intended to be used by persons over the age of 18 and individuals younger than 18 or not legally permitted to enter into a binding agreement. That's an interesting addition there. Um, people who are, you are, uh, don't, uh, I suppose, there are some people who are mentally challenged and wouldn't then have the capacity to... Okay. Uh, it's interesting that they added that in because there's obviously been situations around that. Okay. They only use the app with the permission of a parent or legal guardian. So that was ShopRite about checkers. Okay. Well, I like the idea of the prompt on the, on the, so the driver's device. So that was quite... Yeah. And okay. they, um, the um, woman, the, the, the mom who alerted us to this said that she'd uh, asked all three and the... the, the quickest and most um, detailed response came from ShopRite around checkers. So Woolworth said it does take this issue seriously. Its dash drivers are briefed to ask for ID in the situation. We also told uh, the the mom who posted about the issue that we will send a reminder notification to our operations teams to ensure compliance, which suggests to me that um, they have been made aware of certain cases where this did not happen. Okay. Um, well, it continues, while there are currently no regulations in South African law regarding the delivery of alcohol to a customer's residence, uh, that surprised me because maybe the Act doesn't specifically say that because it was drawn up at a time when that wasn't happening. Yes, but I think that's it's safe. I would have, the other sort of interpretation seemed to indicate that they considered that, you know, uh, we would definitely apply, and it doesn't make sense that it wouldn't. That it wouldn't so, yeah. so we'll leave that aside. Woolworth does take this responsibility very seriously and has implemented a number of measures to ensure responsible drinking. They say they're a voluntary member of aware.org.za, the Association for Alcohol Responsibility and Education. Um, yes, Woolworth does sell wine. They only sell wine online. Okay. To, uh, to register... And purchase on Woolworths Online and Woolies Dash. Customers must be over the age of 18 and agree to the terms and conditions, which include this alcohol may only be purchased by customers who are 18 and older and will require proof of age on delivery. If such proof is not supplied, your order may be cancelled. 
and then they have to you have to agree on Woolies Dash that you are over eighteen. Okay. Um, the Woolworths delivery personnel reserves the right to refuse delivery of the alcoholic products if you are not eighteen years or, or older, and if you cannot provide a valid government issued identification document. So that's in the T's and C's on the Dash app. Okay. How about pick and pay? Okay, Pick and Pay said it will always be our aim to sell liquor responsibly, and this includes not selling alcohol to anyone under the age of 18. Similar to bottle stores, our delivery drivers are instructed to check ID for any customer that appears to be under the age of 21. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So the drivers are trained on this process during the induction, and this important measure is also included in our contract with our delivery partner. So there you've always got a little bit of a... Um, a chance for things to things go to wrong the when cracks, there's yeah. a yes, certainly my work indicates that when there's a third party, party partner, yeah. Customers have to be 18 or older to register for online delivery and must have their own bank account to link to their profile. Okay, so bear that in mind when I talk about the next one, which is macro. Okay. So macro has a number of controls in place. When registering on the website, customers are requested to provide a date of birth or ID number. Customers who provide details which show that they are younger than 18 can't register or transact on macro.coza. At the time of online checkout for in-store collection, in, if any alcohol product is in your cart, the customer is reminded that they will need to provide a valid ID on collection. This is validated at online checkout as a valid ID number and checkout does not proceed if the ID number indicates that the customer is younger than 18. So there's they're putting that in place, forcing the person to, to put in... The ID number. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they, I mean, I suppose you could put in your parents' ID, ID number, number, but if you're just randomly doing it, yeah. the system should pop it out if it's not a random number. Which I've done it myself, trying to test out certain, you know, online offerings. Okay. You don't want to give your own, and, and it says that is not a valid. ID. Okay, so so you can't just make it up. You keep your same numbers and change your your, your change or something. And that doesn't, doesn't yeah. work. Okay. Yeah. So, th- so says Macro. This is the primary area of control, as all status communication from this point will be addressed only to the identified purchaser. When it comes to delivery, says Macro, couriers are trained to ensure compliance to a defined process to ensure that the person acknowledging receipt of the order is of legal age to receive the goods. But point of delivery validation can be a challenge to the industry and requires ongoing reinforcement and determination and retailer management of the courier relationship. We place very high priority on this. And I think this you know, is, is the issue here. Mm. The, um, a number of couriers are experimenting with technology that encompasses um, verification checks, one-time passwords, and features such as ID scanning to help reliably That's in- interesting. authenticate the receiver. So now you see a move to something a little bit more… More sophisticated yes. and thorough. Thorough, yeah. yes. That doesn't rely on a driver making an assessment of how old exactly. they think somebody is. And also, I mean, it strikes me, I hate to say it, but th- there's a lot here resting on the driver being responsible exactly. and not being somebody who will gladly take a 50 rand note to look the other way well, and hand over the box. Yes, you said it. I don't want to s- impugn yes. any drivers. Most of the drivers I've dealt with have been but fantastic. Also, but it's just being me in a hurry, happen. December, lots yep. of orders, and just, you know, it takes time. Oh, I haven't got it. Let me go inside. And they might have had a few of those and just thought, you know. And they're under pressure to get back to pressure. the store to get the next delivery collected, etc. So yeah. there, there are a number of reasons. It's far more complicated situation in a teller sitting at a fixed point you know, in the store saying either hand over your ID or to the store yes yeah. yeah okay now Norman Goodfellows yes uh, I mean their whole reason of, for being is alcohol sales Wendy so I would imagine that they would have to have layer upon layer upon layer they, of, of, yes. of verification and, and, and just to re- recap last year they had a very very traumatic um, 
uh, introduction to online selling. Well, they, sorry, not that. introduction. They had a tiny, it was a tiny part of their business. And of course, lockdown. Um, yeah, and then the bands and then the unbanning and then the band. And they were just, um, for the first time, having prided themselves on, on, on service delivery, they couldn't keep up. And it was the, the, the reviews online were just horrendous. And we they were so the shocked. Re- mm. So Charles Kramer of... Um, of Norman Goodfellas actually took this very brave decision, I think, of actually stopping all new orders um, until this. they could get rid of the backlog. So they always have my respect for that. Yeah. So Norman Goodfellas said, currently around 80% of our deliveries are delivered by our own vehicles and staff. It's, there's the difference. Okay. Our staff are trained to ensure that they only ever deliver alcohol to adults. If they're in doubt, they call into distribution and we request verification on delivery. We rely on our outsourced Korea partners to deliver the remaining 20% of our orders to outlying areas around the country and we train them to verify age on delivery. And this I appreciated. Your email has prompted us to review our procedures to include verifiable proof and have specified in our into our vehicle tracking and sign-in glass partner to scan an ID or drivers on delivery. Wow. This is targeted to be live by the end of the year or early in the new year. So kudos to them. Absolutely. Um, so you see, I think that they will start, some of these that are taking it more, perhaps arguably more seriously than others will start leading the way in what mm. is it. And you and hope the others will follow behind them realizing yes. that the, I mean, the consequences can be catastrophic if it's not properly managed. Yeah, and if you're yeah. a parent listening to those responses and, and hearing what they're doing about the issue or to prevent it, you, you know, it might um, inform your... Uh, allegiance to a particular, a particular app, yeah, uh, absolutely. Certainly, when it comes to getting booze online, yeah. Just before we move away from uh, the the uh, delivery of alcohol question, so again, yes. if, if if anybody listening has had personal experience, good or bad, in this direction, I'd really value your feedback. And uh, did somebody in your household or a friend of your child's perhaps try it and get told, "Sorry, we don't believe you're 18. We won't hand over the booze." Are you aware of those parties, as so many of us are, where it did work, and either because palms were greased or because they sent out the boy who looked the oldest to take delivery and that was how the party got started. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. 0214460567. And do you think that the measures we've just explained to you that the different apps have in place are good enough? What more could be done or should be done in your opinion to make sure that the under 18s aren't allowed to abuse this particular factor of delivering booze to your front door? Uh, Wendy, um, you gave all that feedback to the person who posted the original um, question. Yes. What did she make of it? To be honest, I gave the first three, the ones that she'd engaged with and mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't received the other two responses back when I fed that back to her. They only came through sort of late morning. But she said, I still feel the situation needs to be addressed a little better from the perspective of looking at some tech to plug into their very clever ordering system. In-store, pur- in-store purchases are harder, and I suppose the online space is tough to navigate. So I get that. Parents do need to take more responsibility, however. I feel there is more that can be... However, I feel there is more that can be done, whether it's asking for ID numbers, which I know can be forged, however, it's all these steps put in place to make it a little tougher than just click and order. Yeah. And um, as you would have heard, that um, some of them, Macro and Norman Goodfellow, in particular are taking it the next step and um, w- uh, w- thinking either already or most certainly planning to go a bit further like scanning IDs and that sort of thing. I think um, a, a teen certainly transacting on a parent's account would possibly think twice if they had to... If they knew they had to show had to an sh- actual, sh- have scan their an ID. IDs scanned, yes. Yeah. 
as did all of us underage drinkers at a time, <laughs> Wendy, I have to confess. Yeah, uh, it is an interesting me. one. Oh, never, never. Um, no, it's an interesting one. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of friends who, who remained baby-faced until they were about 28 who were regularly asked to yes. produce an ID in a bar. My daughter's one of those. Um, and uh, it would have been a, a nuisance for them, but rather the that, nuisance for them yes. than the opposite happening yes. uh, is my gut instinct. Okay, an important question to raise. Thank you very much to the mom who brought this to our attention. And Wendy, thank you for the research that went into that feedback. We'll take a short break and then we're going to come back with uh, some of your open line questions as well as a case Wendy wants to mention from the Advertising Regulatory Board. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. Well, here's uh, an encouraging WhatsApp that shows that the systems do at least sometimes work. Annie tells me I ordered groceries from Checkers 6060 the other day, and among all kinds of other items, there was a single bottle of wine. I sent my 14-year-old son out to fetch the order, and the driver refused to give him the groceries. Okay, that's really good to hear. So thumbs up, Checkers 6060. That's great. Annie, and appreciate that feedback. I was really hoping we'd get that kind of example, and I hope that that is the majority of uh, the experiences. If anybody else would like to comment, though, we'd welcome uh, your your feedback. Okay, um, before we look at the advertising regulatory uh, ruling, Wendy, uh, John in Stanford, and I know he sent this question last week as well, so I'd really like to help him. Always great to listen to you guys, he says. Thanks, John. I have a question for you today, and I would value your comments. In March this year, I bought a lawnmower, and a week or so ago, whilst I was mowing, it started screeching, so I switched it off. It's been returned to the store and to the distributor for assessment. I'm concerned that if it is seen to be no fault of mine, I will get a refund. It was unspecial when I bought it, and it's now retailing at 400 rand more than I paid for it. What are my options? I would really like the lawnmower to be replaced, not to receive a refund. It's interesting, Pippa, because as you know, mostly people are fighting for a refund. They don't mm. want a replacement or a repair. They just want their money back so that they can go and buy elsewhere. But in this case, obviously, John um, wants a replacement because the item is now quite a lot bit more expensive than when he bought it in March. It's quite interesting, that 400 rand more in, yeah. what is it, eight months. The um, short answer is um, not one that John's not going to like, and that is that the it's only in the first six months um, from date of purchase that consumers have the benefit of the implied Consumer Protection Act warranty. So in those six months, if the product breaks or screeches or becomes unfit for purchase in some way, you have the right um, to take it back for your choice, your choice of a refund, replacement or repair that's provided an assessment, a technical assessment doesn't reveal that it wasn't a... Um, a, a manufacturer's a fault, fault. Making, it, yeah. that it, you cause it you know riding over stones or something with your lawnmower um, which I'm not suggesting John did I'm just saying unfortunately John you're into month eight now since purchase so you there is a, manuf- a manufacturer's warranty that's now in place and they get to make the terms and conditions as they see fit and in this case obviously it suits them to replace the um, lawnmower rather than to refund rather sorry to refund what you paid for it rather than replace it with a lawnmower that's now worth a lot more retailing it a lot more so that's um, that's you you don't have any legal right to contest that so um, a refund it must be I'm afraid and at least at least you're getting that um, yes yes I imagine this is a rather large um, retailer that that um, values its reputation because they're not obliged to do it, is what you're saying. Yeah, necessarily. Um, well, it was a- they're not legally obliged to do it, but no. the manufacturer that they their, their supplier obviously has these um, 
but after six months, the the warranty, whether it's one year or two, I'm guessing it's we'll one year. It. Okay. We'll cover it. Um, so yes, you know, it's a reputational thing though. You, they couldn't go to any legal, they couldn't go to the ombud uh, or the small claims court or whatever and say, um, you know, because there's no, it's a, it's a voluntary warranty after. It's not after, like John can say I wasn't legally offered enforceable. any uh, compensation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, John. I know that's not the answer you were hoping for, but it is the legal one. And Wendy, thanks for, for clarifying that. Okay. Um, Wendy, you wanted to flag a recent ruling by the Advertising Regulatory Board, which is 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 just so interesting because it, it speaks to the issue of the claims that companies make in yes. their advertising um, materials yes. and whether anybody ever actually challenges them to back those claims up. Yeah, claims like, you know, with cosmetics, you know, 70% of women said that their wrinkles were reduced. Well, if you if you go onto any advertising regulatory um, bodies rulings, websites and check out their rulings, be it the ASA in the UK or ours, um, they, but they have to substantiate. They have to have, and not just. There, there's certain all these these bodies, these regulators have codes and and methods. All, their members are the advertisers, right? Mm-hmm. And they know what they have to do to substantiate. Um, otherwise, anybody could make any claim they wanted to, and and never be called to account, yeah. which is obviously for very, false marketing. Yeah, for false marketing. Okay, so. Um, so I make up for that reason. I make a habit of checking out the latest. Um, we used to call it, it used to be the Advertising Standards Authority. It's now the Advertising Regulatory Board, the ARB. I check out their rulings, and I did it just this morning, in fact. And one, the one right at the very top, um, was one involving a table view based company called Healthcare and Mobility Africa. They use the brand name. Um, adjust for sleep. They sell um, beds and recliners, that sort of thing, chairs. Um, And uh, Mr. Ishwar Ramdas um, bought one of these uh, beds for for himself and his wife. Quite an expense, 56,000 rand. These are not uh, cheap products. The company claims on its website to be South Africa's biggest adjustable bed manufacturer. Um, and it uh, looks like the products that were at one time manufactured in the UK and now they're manufactured here in South okay. Africa. So Mr. Ramdas um, pressed a prompt on the um, company's website and he was sent a brochure. And on the basis of that, he there was a demonstration done at his home and then he paid this 56,000 rand. But he said... His experience um, wasn't was at odds with what the the brochure rather promised, which was um, very specific um, pain relief. Um, and they offered, they quantified sort of over ninety percent uh, uh, of users' respondents to a survey said that they had relief from ailments such as back pain, arthritis, hiatus, hernia, and a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he said, no, well, he and his wife didn't um, have any such relief. In fact, you know, from, from I think their problems were back pain and trouble, trouble sleeping. sleeping and yeah. they said they didn't have any relief. In fact, it was worse. Um, and um, so one of the things this brochure claimed was our health survey shows that an adjust for sleep, adjustable bed could reduce pain and improve your sleeping pattern. As I say, over 90% for those questions experience a better night's sleep. And they said that a survey was conducted to determine the sleeping habits of over 1,400 people and a leading Harley Street orthopedic consultant with 25 years' experience supervised the research. So that sounds very compelling. And they also said, um, sort of endorsed by the medical profession. 
endorsed Just by the very medical sweeping. professional. That's yes. a very broad statement. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so he didn't like the bed. He said it didn't help at all. In fact, it made their back pain and trouble sleeping worse. So he tried to say, I want to return it and get my money back. And their response was no. Um, he was not entitled to either a return or a refund. And um, that similar complaints previously had been dismissed by the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud. Uh, so he then went to the Advertising Regulatory Board directly, I assume, Wendy, asking them to say these guys are failing to substantiate yes. the claims that yes. they're making in the brochure. What happened with that investigation? Before that, just to stress, he yeah. also went to the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud and um, the advertiser, the sped company's uh, account of that to the um, to the ARB was that his complaint was dismissed and as were others um, because it was a special order, a custom-made, which Ms. Ramda said, no, it wasn't at all. Okay. Anyway, so... Um, the bed manufacturer told the ALB it had been supplying adjustable beds for more than 23 years in the UK and since 2009 in South Africa and noted that during this time there have been never never any complaints or disputes around its advertising. The survey referenced in the advertising was conducted, as we said, by a leading Harley Street consulting orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Gordon McClellan. Um, and what he did was he sent questionnaires to 5,000 uh, customers um, and uh, they got 1,400 responses. Yeah, 1,400 responses. So that's around 28%. It's not terribly high. Yeah. Um, and uh, when the director said to them, said to the company, well, this doesn't really tick the objective substantiation, substantiation box um, for us. Yeah. Um, he said, oh, Mr. Ramdas had had nefarious intentions. Um, but, they, but, but he would, they would cooperate because he understood the need for they understood the need for the ARB to investigate. So that was a very, 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 very long uh, ruling, finding. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it came down to a bit of a technicality around what research is considered sufficient for South African standards. So the ARB said in instances where claims are based on survey type evidence, and this is very important because so many adverts do, do this say thing. This, yes. yes, The ARB requires advertisers to ensure that such survey evidence emanates from a SAMRA accredited entity that stands for Southern African Marketing Research Association or one acceptable to SAMRA. In addition, it requires the relevant accredited market research entity to confirm the accuracy of the claims Ooh. made. So there's no evidence before the directorate of the ARB to show that this particular advertiser's survey was conducted under the supervision um, that this this doctor's uh, survey met the criteria at all. Um, it was done by an orthopedic consultant in the UK a number of years ago, said the advertiser, and there was nothing to submitted to show that the survey data and claims were scrutinized and confirmed as valid by a SAMRA accredited entity or someone acceptable to SAMRA. So on those grounds... Um, they shouldn't be using no. it in their advertising. And, uh, you know, yeah. about that 28% uh, response to the 5,000 questionnaires, while the directorate accepts that the brochure explains that a survey was conducted to determine the sleeping habits of over 1,400 people, it has no way of knowing whether the calculations are accurate, what questions were put to them, how scoring and analysis was done. It's unclear whether these respondents had been medically diagnosed with the advertised conditions or whether they simply reported their perceived improvement. And this is interesting. It should also be noted that the advertiser's website presents virtually the same improvement figures, yet claims that these improvements represent 5,000 clients who were asked to represent a survey. This implies that 5,000 responses were received, which, which is not happen. the case. Um, 
And basically, they said the advertising creates an expectation that customers are extremely likely to experience an improvement in their medical conditions because more than 90% of its surveyed customers are said to have experienced such benefits. However, in contradiction to this expectation, the advertisers' terms and conditions, well, I always say, go from the large print and look at the small, small print. print. Yeah. The terms and conditions of this company say, um, which were not placed before the ARB, they went and found them. Um, they are said to denounce any suggestion that provides any particular medical or health benefit to the customer. Wow. So they're advertising it on the grounds that 90% of people have enjoyed a medical or health benefit, but in the fine print it says we can't be held no, liable if got, you don't, basically. No. So it's yeah. a classic case of what Tom, that, that famous line that I love by Tom Waits, the small print giveth and the, sorry, the large print giveth, giveth and, and the, the small print taketh <laughs> away. <laughs> so they, they added, this is why Samra accredited uh, Verification is required to ensure that potential contradictions or discrepancies are adequately addressed and that an entity familiar um, with survey type research can verify the veracity of the claims in order to avoid potential deception. Okay, so in short, they're saying the survey was done too long ago by somebody who is not an accredited SAMRA surveyor. The claims have not been substantiated. And in other words, the the advertiser should not be using them. And there's no survey criteria that's been um, presented. presented, So they don't, you know, it's just too iffy, basically. And then they also took issue, Wendy, with that that claim to be endorsed by the medical profession, saying one doctor carrying out a survey doesn't cut it. Several years ago is not the same as saying the medical professional endorses it. It's, It's much, yeah. Um, okay. So, um, yeah. So, in, it, the upshot was its advice to its members were that um, references, its members, including ad- both advertisers and media companies that accept advertising. advertising. In this them, case, it was yeah. on their own website. But, yeah, advised the references to members of the ARB are advised that references to various diseases or ailments being improved by sleeping on the advertisers' beds and the claim to be endorsed by the medical profession do not appear to comply with the provisions of the code. Which is great for the theory. It doesn't help Mr. Ramdas who no, still wants his bed returned for a refund, does it? That's yeah. why I went to um, I went to the Ombudsman for Consumer Goods and Services, Machat and Bachlele, and said, what happened here? What was the story about the special order? Because as far as I can tell, it wasn't a special order. Um he did say that he, the bed that was that was brought to him, or that he dem, that he had demonstrated, a dem, yeah. that he tried out, uh, was not the same one as what that the one that was delivered to him, um, and uh, yeah, and the advertiser said that um, yeah, so it was special order, and uh, they then um, attempted to exchange the mattress at a small cost, but he wanted his money back, which he was entitled to in terms of the CPA right, yeah. within six months. So the Ombud said to me, the ARB is able to make binding rulings on the basis of a code of conduct that its members have voluntarily agreed to be bound by. To try and resolve this complaint, we appointed an independent inspector to assess the bed to confirm the complainant's claims about certain defects, as well as other issues that he was unhappy with relating to the installation and comfort of the bed. It's good to know they do that often. In many cases okay. that I follow up, they've actually sent a professional um, inspector to, to look. Yes. Okay. The inspector recommended that certain defects be corrected and installation be neatened. If not, the customer should be refunded. Well, you know, if there are defects, the person's entitled to a refund, to a refund to straight refund, away. Yeah. The supplier did not agree and made further counterclaims, including that the bed was special order and therefore not subject to the CPA. And of course, Mr. Ramdas said that's nonsense. 
Um, so Mahato continued, since we're not able to make binding rulings, our office had no option but to advise the consumer that we have to close the case. We further advised of the option to lodge a complaint with the National Consumer Commission. So the case was not dismissed on the basis of a ruling in favor of the supplier. Which is what the, the supplier implies. Yes. Yeah. But on the basis that there is no probability of the parties reaching a settlement and that we have no powers to force the supplier to agree to and implement the independent inspector's report. So this case just encompassed so much of what I deal with as a consumer journalist with these sorts of complaints all the time. Mm. And it boils down to check and you have a right to ask we have this body it's a free service they can't act proactively they can't see an advert and think that looks very misleading i don't know that they can substantiate those claims let's do it it has to come either from a consumer or a competitor and i urge people to make use of this service because it's so revealing for them and the rest of us in terms of the large print and the small small print and and you know just claiming x percentage of people felt that they got this this um, benefit from our product it, it can't it, it should not go unchallenged it should be it's such made. an important issue and Wendy the more the more it gets challenged and companies get held to account for making claims that they shouldn't be making in their advertising the less it's going to happen the more they'll toe the line and and, and stick to the rules and and that's better for every better for everybody exactly so yeah. so there was something for Mr. Rumdas and that this, these claims had never been challenged and and clearly they ought to have been challenged so they can, you know, it's not saying nothing about their products. It's just saying don't make those claims. Mm. Make, make other claims that you can substantiate and that'll be fine. And that'll be good enough. Yeah. Okay. We've got literally two minutes before the end of the show, Wendy. I'm going to squeeze in another open line question okay. from Patricia, which is actually quite similar to John's question um, around the same repair replace issue and with when there are cost discrepancies, interestingly okay. enough. Patricia says, I bought a steam iron, a Philips steam iron from Hersh's, which had a two-year warranty. And a few days after one year had passed, the iron stopped working. My husband took it back and I asked him to ask them to replace it with the exact same iron. Instead, they refunded him the money and he instead bought a Russell Hobbs iron for the same amount because by then the exact same Philips iron cost 100 rand more. I haven't used that replacement Russell Hobbs one yet. I want to know, do I have the right to demand the same Philips iron? Very similar, Actually, very similar case. to John. Yeah. And the, the answer is no. The you, you would have in the first six months if the iron had gone wrong in that time. But as say from month seven, the voluntary manufacturer's warranty kicks in and they have the complete um, discretion to um, remedy the situation however they see fit. So um, no, you can't desi- you can't demand the exact same iron. Um, and I could see why you'd want it because, as in John's case, the replacement now costs considerably more. But the legal position is you don't have any right of demand in this to demand um, a, uh, what is she, a, a, a replacement in this of case. the same brand. So interesting, okay. we've got two about the same. Yeah, very, very normally similar. it's people saying, "I don't want a replacement; I want my money back." Yeah. Okay, Patricia and John. Again, sorry they weren't the answers you were hoping for, but thanks for raising the issues so that we could uh, um, illuminate for everybody else as well. We're going to wrap things up there. Um, to the person who sent the voice note, we are going to hold that over for next week. I'm sorry we just ran out of time and didn't have a space to get to your cancellation fee query, but I hope we'll be able to pick it up next week instead. And as always, I'll finish with a reminder that if you want to contact Wendy, please send all of the details in a single email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Make sure you put the words Cape Talk in the subject line and just a word or two on the nature of the question uh, to help her keep track of it. Wendy, as always, thank you so much for the work you do on behalf of our listeners and we'll chat again next week. Will do.